and welcome to episode 13 of the Brood Sages, Stormbound Players with a Head for the Game. I am Freeloader, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Sabaiku and Arthas. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Arthas, how are you doing? Mandalorian got spoiled for me. I am no! very, very sad. I'm oh. mourning right now. <laughs> <laughs> my, my deepest condolences we are the brood sages and as a reminder you can always contact us at brood sages on twitter or for all of you who used to play the original four-player teenage mutant ninja turtles game in your local arcade our email address is the sages at gmail.com all right guys so uh this past week we had um some interesting things like obviously we played our stormbound as normal and we had our uh, uh brawl that just finished up but we also had some Black Friday deals. Uh, I'll go through a couple of them real quick. Maybe there's one or two that we want to discuss. Um, the For all of you big whales out there, uh, and Arthas, I'm thinking you, <laughs> there was the greatest treasure, $99.99 US dollars, 30 cards from each rarity, that's 120 in total, 1,000 rupees, and uh, 5,000 coins. And next, we had the Emblem of Heroism at $49.99. That's still a little too rich for my blood. Uh, and that was just a straight up 35 heroic tomes. Open some packs. Oh, but the tomes have the plus one card. Right. There was they do card. not know. Oh, no. they don't? What? That no was way. only available for purchasing rubies. I actually shot Prashoja a, a DM on Discord to find out if that was the case. And he confirmed it's only available for purchases through rubies. If you bought the pack the, of 35 tomes with real money, you do not get an extra card. Dang. Still a good value, but not an insanely good value like yeah, if you yeah. got an extra card out of it. Uh, next up, for $20, we're getting into the to the realm of, of what I can afford, finding cans to recycle on the side of the road. Uh, we've got Edric's Army at $19.99 US dollars. That's the top 18 most played cards in the last three months. Guys, I'm not all that excited about the packs, but I'm really excited about the data. Uh, <laughs> This is just really cool. I'm going to read off the cards and we can discuss them real quick. Uh, here are your top 18 most play ca played cards in the globally. game. Globally. Globally, over the last three months across the entire span from brand new players to D1. Are you ready? Here we go. Execution, Gifted Recruits, Veterans of War, Fell Flares, Dreadfonts, Doppelbox, Green Prototypes, Summon Militia, Personal Servers, Warfront Runners, Confinement, Windmakers, The Hearth, Twilight Prowlers, Call for Aid, Bladestorm, <laughs> Frozen Core, and of course, there has to be a Shadowfen card in there, and clearly the most OP Shadowfen card that's auto-include, Crimson Sentry. <laughs> Don't mock Crimson Sentry. I love Crimson Sentry. He's adorable. He does, he, he does yeoman's work. Unsurprisingly, this is a list dominated by neutral cards because you would assume they see about four times as much play as any particular faction card you know, one would hope gifted recruits being in there not surprising green prototypes in there not surprising yeah i would say i would even throw summon militia in there is not surprising i would expect even though i don't put it in every one of my decks summon militia being one of the few one mana cards in the game and card cycling being such an important aspect of the game Summon Militia, Green Prototypes, Gifted Recruits. If you ask me on the street, what are the top three cards you'd expect to find in this list? I would have named all of those. Call for Aid, Arthas. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if I would have mentioned I Call for no Aid. <laughs> I have no idea. 
<laughs> that was the most shocking one, honestly. But uh, call for eight. I don't know. Do you even get that as an early player? <laughs> maybe, maybe you pack it early and you're like, dude, di- diamond. Here comes diamond one. <laughs> I've got call for eight. Definitely, this list is uh, dominated by the new player experience, right? These are all cards that are common with a couple of rares. You know, they're easy for new players to get. They're part of the basic set. Yeah, not to mention, like, uh, I think a third of the 18 cards are uh, starter cards, like Veterans of War, Personal Servers, War Frontrunners, Fell Flares, right? Yeah, you get those when you do the, uh, the, the, um, uh, what do they call them? The, 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 uh, the tutorial single player mode the tutorial yeah the single player mode gives you those cards so not a huge surprise finding them um and honestly if you said you know what's a name me a card that that winter players play across the gambit right i wouldn't have said gift because gift is an epic it's hard to afford when you're new so frozen core probably would have been my guess for the most commonly played winter packed card in the game and i think maybe windmakers or destructo bots would have been my guess in ironclad doppelbox is 100 my guess for swarm as the most commonly played swarm card dread fawns i guess would have been a close second I'm still scratching my head, though, guys. Somebody walk me through Crimson Sentry. <laughs> All right, go for it, Sabaiku. I played Crimson Sentry quite a bit in silver and gold. It was a great three-mana opener. Uh, you would just take over the middle of the board, not necessarily because the effect was so powerful, but because your opponent didn't want to play into the effect. So they would just ignore the Crimson Sentry and try to work around it which let you just attack their baseline. Now, having been a Shadowfen Rush player pretty much since day one, it's uh, it's something that's been fantastic for me to open the game just because of the psychological aspect of it, not necessarily that the card is overpowered. Okay, but, but in any of those decks, any iteration of a Shadowfen Rush deck that you've ever played, you're telling me you had Crimson Sentry in one of them, but not Dubious Hags. I, I don't think that's... I think that's kind of far-fetched to say. Yeah, but, uh, right? But the hags definitely come later. They're not part of the starter set, I believe. Oh, that could be true. Oh, but they're yeah. they're common. Sure, absolutely. You do get them. But the, the hags have a downside, so it takes new players a little bit longer to see how good they can be, is my guess. Okay. And I guess, uh, I mean, from looking at this and how a lot of them are starter cards... I mean, even even execution, I think, is a starter card. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's easy for people to get a lot of to build a lot of investment with their beginning cards when they get so much experience with them, and then it's a bit harder for them to like pick up the newer cards that they uh, find, especially if the newer cards are likely lower level than the ones that they've had longer, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah and and look, look, if if you don't have because of the step change effect with witches, right? If you don't have level three or higher witches, and you do have level two or three crimson sentry, I think that's probably a fine switch. Yep. Like I'm, 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 I'm comfortable saying crimson sentry could be played there. Uh, if you're looking at it just as an aggressive opener card, but you never want to play any sort of defense, like you're an all-out aggressive rush deck, you should be playing uh, uh, like saber paws instead, or even lime limbs instead. Sure, but now you're saying play play saber paws instead, but that's an epic, right? Exactly. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, I'm just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I would have guessed. Flat, I would have guessed dubious hags. I think dubious hags is one of the most powerful two drops in the game. In a, uh, a 
a, a faction that wants one drops on the board, I would have imagined that like I just I'm still wrapping my head like Windmakers. Yes, I guess it's not so appealing for people to have a downside of a card with Dubious Hag. It's a straight up um, helping the opponent. I know there are ways to synergize with it, but you know those are more like implicit synergies. You know, whereas with Crimson Sentry, it's like yeah, sure it damages your own friends, but like. You have a choice not to do that. Dubious will always spawn the one strength for your enemy. You know. You're right. People people That's will true. always That's avoid true. the negative if they can. Hence the question. The most popular question on Reddit and Discord is right. Why are green prototypes useful? Well, that's true. <laughs> right. I, I do think it's very interesting. So so every faction. And I don't know if this was intentional or this is just how I read it. Right. But every faction in my mind is given an overpowered two drop, meaning more value than you should get using gifted recruits as your as your baseline every faction is given an overpowered two drop with a drawback and of those four okay uh uh rhymelings yes it's a five drop but it's not really it's a two <laughs> drop because it gives you the three mana back its drawback is that you can't play it until you have five mana so that's its drawback is that it's too slow or slower, I should say. Uh, uh, Destructo bots, pretty obvious, right? It's more value than uh, gifted recruits, but it hurts one of your other units. Uh, uh, dubious hags for Shadowfan, and for Swarm, it's Doppelbox. It's more value than the gifted recruits, but it's spread over two bodies, and it can't trade. So it has some drawbacks to it, right? Of those four cards, only one of them makes the top list. I'm really surprised by that. New players definitely tend towards Swarm. It's the easiest to make work with a cheap, uh, low-rarity deck, I think. Not to mention the uh, overwhelming appeal of Moonlit Airy in the lower ranks. There is that. And and with Doppelbox and Dreadfonds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Moonlit Airy makes a lot more sense. My original original reaction to that was, wow, there's a lot of Queens players out there still. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally Moonlit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That makes much more sense. So yeah, I I would definitely say that uh, one of the bigger takeaways, especially for us active community members, um, like the Discord community and the Reddit community, I'm sure there are quite a lot of surprising cards in these top 18 most played cards for the three months. But I think that really does go to show how small our little community bubbles are, especially like in Discord, no matter how many people there actually are in there and how many people are talking and sharing their experiences. It's very, very, very different from the typical Stormbound experience of a player who's maybe not so um, involved in the community. I wonder if now looking at this data and taking that takeaway that you just dropped on us, if it doesn't bring to light even more the motivations that Sheepyard had to just put links to the Reddit and Discord and Stormbound Kitty inside the game so that all those players who do just open it up on their phone to play a couple of games and enjoy themselves and are totally unaware of its existence beyond just the game now have at least possibly a little line they can pull on a little string they can pull on and boom suddenly they're 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 over there at discord and it's going oh my gosh there's a whole community aren't there already links for that that there are now yes that's my point like (laughs) one of the first things that sheepyard decided to do to the game was try to create a connection from clearly what is the majority of players out there guys playing personal servers and and veterans of war and you know because 
you know, that, that's, that's what we see here. Oh, to your point that, that these are small bubbles and at growing those bubbles to, to become a, a large plurality or possibly even majority of the, of the players out there would be huge. And yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this, this drives home a little bit about why Sheepyard thought that was such an important first step. Very interesting. I, I, I'm actually going to twirl. I, I think I'm going to try to build a deck with uh, all 12 of the cards coming from this group of 18. <laughs> See where I can fun. get. <laughs> Start at Platinum 5 at the reset. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll end at Platinum 5 in a, in a, <laughs> after two days of just pulling my hair out. So the important thing here that I wonder is, is this list in order of popularity? Is Execution the most popular card? I wouldn't go so far to speculate with that. There is no hints whatsoever if it was like that. But it certainly sounds reasonable. No, no, it does not. No, no, no. no, Execution is in almost every deck that people post on the Discord deck building channel asking for advice. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Which then raises the question: Did they have to stretch it out to eighteen just to get one Shadowfen card in the list? <laughs> the most overpowered faction, people. What are you doing? Oh my god. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. We're gonna start a Patreon to run billboards around the 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 world, people, so that we can just play more Shadowfen. All right. Well, let's move on. People. Yeah, we moving got a on lot from to this. Cover. Exactly. <laughs> moving on from this, uh, uh, the final and least expensive pack offered for the Black Friday deals was Raining Cats at again US dollars nine ninety nine. Um, and this gave you uh, a bunch of uh, the cats. It was uh, a guaranteed three copies of each of the six rare and epic felines plus three classic tomes guys is like the feline confusion thing at this point just kind of done uh, it's gonna need some kind of like rework or whatever i know it got changed recently in terms of the um, probabilities of the different outcomes mm-hmm. but like Sabaiku mentioned before with confusion being more of like a to stall and that's very appealing for control it's not very appealing for control in the fact that it's not guaranteed that they're going to move sideways or something like that, that it's still RNG. It's hard to like rely on. Yeah. The one thing like the name control should give you an idea. The one thing it doesn't want is random. Right. Yeah. As it is, this pack was basically $10 for three copies of wild saber paws. (laughs) And in that, when you put it that way, I wonder why I didn't buy it. So we go from what was to what's about to drop. And, and fortunately for us, the calendar worked out well uh, this month. So this episode is being dropped right as hopefully a lot of you are opening up your uh, client for the first time in December and are starting to thumb through all of your wonderful rewards. And as you do that, you should be aware that there are some changes that have just happened. There are also some wonderful new things coming during the month. And there's uh, even better than that, a promotion that will be uh, hitting your client uh, that you can sign up for. And we're going to walk you through all of those. So first, and this is the most surprising because apparently it's even surprising to Sheepyard. Arthas, what happened here? The friendly bot got leaked. Well, apparently, Berzoza leaked uh, leaked on the Discord that they're releasing uh, a feature that's earlier than it should be. It was planned to be released in January, but it was... Uh, finished much sooner than they expected and this feature is that now you can challenge the friendly bot whenever you want on your uh like friends list so uh everyone has a friend 
<laughs> I get a new friend. <laughs> but also, but also, the most important part, I believe he said that um, battling this bot on like when you challenge them on friendly battle, it counts for your quest completion rewards. So, and it's also really good for people who want to practice outside of like ranked, right? I think this is really good. You know, those times where you're uh, stuck with a win one with ironclad, but all your ironclad cards are underleveled and you can't really play it in ranked and you lose five times trying to win one just to complete a quest. It feels terrible having an AI that you can play against makes us just so much better and keeps people engaged and completing their quests and spending time in the game client and you know anything that makes the player experience better makes the players happier you probably could also still play with the uh the friendly match like modifiers like the base cap and the card caps and other things like brawl if you want to practice brawl decks against a bot but i'm not sure if uh the bots would have brawl decks necessarily I know someone asked Berzoza about that, and they are thinking of adding those. But let's assume for now they won't have brawl decks. But it's very good for practice. There, there are a lot of times where Subaiku is just so angry at me he won't play, uh, and so <laughs> I, I have no one to challenge, and now I will. <laughs> I <played the> <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, after that surprise drop, we also have what has to be one of the most unique promotions. I think that I've ever seen in a game. Subaiku, have you ever seen anything like this? Walk us through the advent calendar. Definitely the first time in my almost year of playing that I've seen something like this. Uh, The advent calendar event in December will have daily rewards for logging in, but there will be a free tier and a paid tier. So the free rewards, if you total them up over the month, are going to be 400 coins, 50 rubies, 11 fusion zones, a handful of cards, different rarities, and a heroic tome, which is not too shabby just for playing a game that you're playing anyway. For 10 US dollars, you can instead upgrade to the premium rewards which seems to be about four times as many of each resource, more cards, and adds a mythic tome onto it. Uh, This is for, admittedly, for the duration of a month to spread out for 31 days, but it's definitely, for uh, value for your money, better than the $10 weekly packs that are offered. So if you are thinking about spending some money in Stormbound, and I am not trying to persuade you in any way, but if you are inclined to do it, this is definitely a good time. Yeah, I think actually we should mention that that like so so in the spring when Paladin was running, there were several times where I had mentioned in Discord that I was thinking about buying, you know, ten dollars worth of rubies or whatever, and and everyone suggested no 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 don't do it now, wait till there's a sale was something that several people had said, and um, Sheepyard seems to have turned that up a notch. Uh, because there there wasn't a sale for a long time <laughs> until yeah. the anniversary, uh, right? But now we're seeing these promotions and the value, Sabaiko, to your point. And, and, and for those of you who don't know, Sabaiko has a spreadsheet um, and we have several volunteers. We have not published this uh, the way we've published the meta report. 
but we are tracking the different uh, amounts of value and trying to create equivalencies uh, between the different packs that are offered at different times. Yeah, this is really more for personal use. This isn't for publishing, but I'd be happy to discuss it further if anyone wants to reach out to me. Right. Uh, but but the point that, that we do want to try to send to our listeners, these promotions, uh, especially if they're going to be fairly... Uh, um, frequent these promotions are when you should spend your money if you know you want to spend money in the game uh oh my gosh do you get so much more bang for your buck i mean arthas could you imagine if you had spent the money you spent but had been able to do it on buying 10 advent calendars (laughs) (laughs) i i don't mind i don't mind spending it during the anniversary event because i don't think there's going to be a sale as big as that one for a long while yeah, no, that was a good one too. <laughs> that was so good. But 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 the the Halloween one was great. Yeah, yeah. And uh I'm definitely buying premium tier or whatever it's called for the advent calendar because it's I would say it's totally worth $10 at least for an active player like me. And uh one thing to note that's important though for people who are uh in, are more interested with the advent calendar is that you do have to log in every day of December to get all the rewards. And um if you happen to miss a login on a particular day, you actually do, do not get the rewards for that day ever. You miss it. But you are still moving forward in terms of like, um, let's say you miss day three. Day three is uh, your fusion stones, okay? Because it kind of cycles between coins, rubies, fusion stones, and a card. That's how it cycles through. But let's say you miss the fusion stones. Yeah, there's, there's no way for you to get those fusion stones back. But on the fourth day, you're going to get your card when you log in that's how that works so if you want to make sh- if you are going to spend for the premium do the best you can not to miss a day all you gotta do is log in you don't even have to play a match so that's it <laughs> set your alarm honestly I, i'm so <laughs> i'm so excited about this I, I just i love the idea of opening up the game client and immediately like like my my favorite day of the month to play Stormbound is the first of the month, right? Because I'm going to open up and the first thing that's going to happen is it's Christmas, right? Every month on the first is Christmas. I'm so excited to see what I got. And this is just going to be like that every day. Like, okay, not the same level of cards, right? Like, because you get so many from winning your chess. But it's just going to be like you opening a present every single day of December. This is awesome. You're darn right I'm spending the $10 because I want the best present I can get. I was a good boy this year. You know, like I said before, anything that makes the players happier, keeps people playing longer, keeps them more interested in these little things, they go a long way. They don't really cost Sheepyard anything if they did it more frequently. Um, so I hope we, we do see things like this going forward. Maybe not quite for $10 a month. I think that, that that's maybe a little a little too much to ask for outside of a one-time event, but uh, I'm certainly uh, not averse to a sort of paid version of the game that maybe removes ads and gives you login rewards um, or daily check-in rewards like this. Yeah, so uh, they mentioned in the patch notes when they uh, announced the advent calendar, calendar that it's not it is undecided currently if they are going to continue with this sort of like um type of feature like uh if they were to implement it again outside of uh this year's christmas like in like the rest of next year or something they will most likely have it with um, much fewer rewards because the advent calendar is you know uh intended to be special for christmas but it is not like they said it is not impossible that they will that they might continue it 
but just with less. It's just undecided for now if they want to take it in that direction. But it's cool that um, Sheepyard are exploring the different ways that they can be, uh, you know, getting some getting some good uh, support from the players. You know, if if players are subscribing to these kind of features, and also just like typical free rewards for anyone to slightly boost the economy a bit yeah i mean write, write your congressmen write your senators uh uh we need to do just an all-out blitz campaign through all december to try to convince sheepyard that um this is awesome and 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 more awesome is better than less awesome uh, <laughs> so give me more awesome in january this is great i'm very excited about this so that's the uh exciting promotion for december moving on from there we also have some balance changes okay so our uh bestoic protectors <laughs> aka basano aka stoic protectors as we've suggested uh just wasn't enough tempo it certainly is a decent value in silence but but for the mana not enough tempo and it looks like sheepyard agreed because their strength is increasing from two three three four five up the man uh, the uh, levels to instead three four five six seven so it gets two bigger at the top end and one bigger at the small and arthas what do you think hmm, i mean it makes sense that they are increasing the strength because just the strength itself i mean it's extremely low uh strength from two to five as it is currently like before the patch hits live that's absurdly low for a four mana zero movement card uh, i mean that, and then not to mention the ability itself is really hard to get some real value with so it's most often a vanilla card <laughs> but with much less value than a typical vanilla card it's nice that they are upping the strength and not just that the strength actually increases every level um the the other version like the current version right now from level two to three um the strength of stoic protectors does not change at all so it's good that it's now a strength from three all the way to seven, which, you know, keeps it a little more in line in terms of vanilla value, but still not entirely. I know a lot of people in the Discord have been talking about that, oh, this change is like really not enough. It's still a useless dead card because it's really hard to pull off the ability. And people are thinking you should have like given it one movement or something so it could have some sort of use outside of the ability. But Vizosa uh, was very uh, clear on, on his word that this is how they uh, intended the design of the card to be. And they are happy with the data that it's showing that they're going to keep it probably not uh, probably without movement. I think it's reasonable to have it not move. I think the biggest challenge to it seeing play right now, well, the two challenges really. Uh, number one is just it's a new card. People don't have it at level unless they had a ton of fusion stones lying around, and that that one you can't really overcome. Uh, and then problem number two is just that it costs too much at four mana. I know it's a very powerful effect when you get it to work and it can neutralize something that's a lot stronger than it. But if they had, instead of increasing the strength, decreasing the mana cost, I think that would have incentivized more people to play around with the card and try to understand, is it something that's actually powerful and something I can actually use? But at four mana, it's just a little too expensive for that kind of experimentation. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, in at, at four mana, it, it's it's just too expensive because we, we've we mentioned before 
uh, a lot of times you can't find a target, you're going to want to cycle it. And so at four mana, it becomes a, well, I can't just play it for the body. It's too expensive. So that now needs to be the card in my hand that I cycle. And, you know, in a control deck, there could oftentimes be not a lot of cards that you can afford to play. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think that with the strength increase, if you do just play it for the body, it's not not great, but it's at least partially viable. But if you play it and you get even one trigger off of it and you get the body out of it, then I think it actually is a a worthwhile card. It's a decent it's just, card. Yeah, decent. It, it, the question is just how often are you going to get that trigger off of it? And I, I don't really know. With the, with the meta and the way that people tend to play cards and make their decks, I would, I would actually disagree that it doesn't need like a mana reduction it the, the game just needs more cards for the stoic protectors to uh cancel out because there aren't that many that people are playing nowadays that are easy for you to just like silence they were more common four mana is pretty decent for that powerful ability that's a really good point and as we as they release new cards in the next few months we might be really glad that we got the stoic protectors early so that we had them leveled up to counter the new cards <laughs> maybe well, yeah, but but this is clearly a a controlling card, right? We agree. Yeah. This is this is a control oriented card. If yeah. I go to the the BS Meta Report and I take a look at archetype frequency, there's only one control class. <laughs> like, like the the second the the runner up is Shadowfen, right? But but it's Winterpack. Winterpack has out of nowhere the best silence tools in the game. And it's not bestoic protectors, right? Like, like the. Right, the but the, this lets other factions sure. now do what we, what Winterpack can do naturally, and that lets them compete as a control deck. And you can't discount that. Well, so Shadowfen wants to just steal it instead, so it doesn't care about silencing it either. So, so really, finding a home for it in a control deck is Ironclad or Swarm, right? Well, so which the control decks tend to be tower based right so okay yeah so something like this where you where you're removing say the effect off of your opponent's shady ghoul and not letting them advance their front like that's it's a it's a powerful enough effect i wish that 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 bisanu stoic protectors had been released a month before the changes to winter. I think the changes to winter are ideal. They're perfect. I'm so happy with them. But we'll never, I, I feel like we'll never know how good a card Stoic Protectors could have been because immediately upon its release, there was already a better option for that kind of effect. It's just sad. It, it, it I, I don't know. To, to me, it's just, it seems like a lost opportunity. Yeah. So moving on from there, we have Archdruid Aaron which can no longer freely cast spells, costing more than our own casting cost. Arthas, why? Wow. <laughs> what, 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 are the, what are the spells in the game that are more than seven mana? Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I know what it is. Wait, is call for aid seven or eight? <laughs> no, thankfully, you can still play your call for aid. Oh, as we know, that's one God. of the most popular cards yeah. in the game. Yeah, this is the only reason people play Archdruid Aaron. It's for call for aid. I mean, it is the most common card out there thank god they didn't nerf call for aid Aaron guys oh man 
<laughs> but no, in in all seriousness, the only card out there that uh, Aaron cannot cast freely now is Gift of the Wise. You know, pretty uh, not surprising that we finally got an, an Aaron Gift of the Wise nerf. But uh, that means that you can't play Gift of the Wise at seven mana now and having a fifteen strength body on the board for free. But 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 Sabaiku, <laughs> they had already taken care of not being able to play Gift of the Wise on seven when they nerfed it to eight, right? <laughs> Why didn't that work? <laughs> All that did was just incentivize people to play Archdruid Aaron with it. And now now the combo is finally split up. I think that that was the cleanest way to do it. Uh, very happy with this change. I think it incentivizes new styles of play for both Winter Pact and for people trying to use Aaron. I mean, now you can get that Aaron call for a combo that we jokingly suggested earlier or you know maybe like something like dark harvest and needle blast and uh, a chip damage controlling swarm deck you know the possibilities start to open up because now you're not looking at something that is so obviously a tier stronger than everything else yeah it was right. broken it was broken i think this is a nice change that this change only impacted winter because winter was the only one that made it too powerful to be healthy it's nice that it doesn't affect it doesn't nerf the other factions that are using Aaron for Aaron's like design you know yeah in fact shameless plug for all of you out there looking for what to do with your Aaron deck may I suggest my Aaron Toxac Shadowfan control deck it's not Toxac. getting a lot of play no one's using it <laughs> no you know Aaron Broken Truce is better I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> the trick is you have a level four Aaron and then call for aid and toxic sacrifice. <laughs> it all just goes away. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so from there we move on to void surgers. Void surgers uh required only two enemy units surrounding it to proc. It now requires three. Uh so Mike, what do you think? I do like this change. Um, this takes Void Searchers out of something that you put in every deck and reduces it to something that you really just want to play in a controlling deck, which I think was the intent behind the card in the first place. Uh, I was already, honestly, having a little trouble playing it in a mid-range deck, just trying to get two opposing units on the board in an area where I wanted to play Void Surgers had been getting difficult. People were starting to play around it, which is not surprising because it was everywhere. They were playing it all the time. Uh, now, making that three surrounding enemies makes it just a little bit harder and makes it something that you don't really want to just, I don't know what to do at five mana. I don't have any cards. So let's just jam Void Surgers in there. It makes you think about it a little bit more. Yeah, and um, I really like that it doesn't change the design and the usefulness of Void Surgers in general because I was so scared that they were going to nerf the ability or something and knowing that will honestly kill the card because what's so nice about Void Surgers um, compared to its very similar cousin uh, being Victor Seven Melee, what's very nice about Void Surgers is that it does an incredibly large amount of damage compared to Victor's capable of clearing a many 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 cheap units victors can do lots of damage yeah but a lot of units survive that damage and void surgers kind of takes that niche better than victors which you know which is good that they're quite distinct cards and i was so afraid they were gonna nerf the ability and i would have said yeah that would have totally killed the card it's nice that it still has its use for clearing cheap units and dealing large damage to uh, larger bodies 
but it's also really healthy that now it's requiring three surrounding enemies. It requires a lot more setup now. For me as someone who's really good at baiting enemy positioning, I mean it does impact me, but not too much. I'm still going to be using this card. I know a lot of people maybe would shy away from it now because it's a bit harder. And it's nice because um, with Void just being surrounding, I know there was a lot of talk that it's like very hard to play around because surrounding just like takes a huge chunk of the board. But now they don't have to fret so much if they have two units of their own that are surrounding because Void Seers won't do anything to those two units. There needs to be three. They can play the third card around. As a mostly Rush player, I'm very much looking forward to this change. Yeah, the whole sort of, I can get one unit into the corner and one unit kitty corner to it to protect it. Uh-oh, I just played into Void Surger's conundrum is really, you know, that was difficult. Now, if you need, you know, if if there needs to be a third unit nearby to proc it, well, that makes it much, you know, I can I can put it into column four in the corner, column three, a row back to protect kind of a thing, or maybe, maybe I could even get it to the baseline. And then from there, throw something into column one if it's later in the game and I can afford to play three units. Yeah. Playing around this now is very viable. Playing around it with only two units to proc, it was impossible. You just couldn't. You just, you're playing around it basically meant hoping your opponent didn't have it. Correct. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. So moving on from there, lasting remains. Uh, guys, I had to look this up. Did you know that this was a card in the swarm? Oh, this is a good card. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> lasting remains. Any... Yeah, keep going. Lasting remains yeah. is a fun card. Yeah, it's a fun card. It commands itself forward uh, after it attacks. Uh, its health was 7, 8, 10, 12, 15. Uh, that's been buffed to 8, 9. 11 13 15 so at uh, level five you if you already had level five lasting remains bless you uh and my poor child you uh you won't see a buff but uh everyone else will see a one health buff to their lasting remains um i will say i have died to lasting remains it was a long time ago but i played reign of frogs which all collimated in column one <laughs> And the freaking lasting remains from his baseline killed me. Majestic. Um, oh, I was so <laughs> tilted. All four. It was my reign of frogs back then only made four frogs. And all four of them went in the same freaking column. Just like the stars aligning, the frogs aligned. <laughs> and, then he, and then he gives me the emote of like the wide eyes. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And then he plays lasting remains. So anyway, um, I, I think it is worth noting that with the new lasting remains um, at level one, it is a straight up power creep of Veteran Savoir. It's not really that big of a deal. Veteran Savoir isn't really that popular. And also it's only level one where it is objectively better because at level one, it is also eight strength. Same with Veteran Savoir, but it has the moving forward ability after right. attacking. But as soon as you start leveling it up, uh, level two, three, four, it becomes uh, like just a little bit weaker than veterans, just by like one strength, as it normally would be. In, in general, I, I I think it's always uh, good design in games, you know, card card games, to have your faction specific cards uh, be a little stronger than the neutrals, right? Because otherwise, what ends up happening is everyone only plays the neutrals. Because why would you play your faction cards that are weaker? Right. Uh, and then ninety percent of each 
quote unquote faction deck feels the same. It's the same neutral card. Right. So I'm happy that Lasting Remains is a little bit stronger than Veterans of War. Um, I'd like it to be more so. I, you know, if Veterans of War is seeing that much play, I'd really like to see more powerful seven drops in each faction that justify play over Veterans. I think that would be good for the game. And plus, this is these are some nice buffs to swarm. I mean, okay. <laughs> Whoops, a bit of a spoiler. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, guys, oh, no. Let, me, let me stay on this one for a moment, though, because I want to say the one thing that I love, love, love about this change is that it doesn't impact the card at level 5. It's just a straight-up buff to the lower levels just trying to say, hey, try this card out. It could be good. It could be useful. Don't just play veteran support. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. So if you were familiar with Lasting Remains being a card, perhaps you might or might not know that Petrified Fossils is also a card in Swarm. (laughs) Petrified Fossils, which was 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 for health up the levels, will now move to 5, 6, 8, 10. Oh, pardon me, 4, 5, 6, 8, 10. That's uh, a pretty big jump. Uh, level four is now what was level five and level five is just too stronger than ever. Uh, But on top of that, and I think this is where the buff is more impactful, their ability will now proc not only uh, for the weaker, weaker units on the board after it survives damage, but after it survives damage, all units that are equivalent in strength or weaker will be commanded forward. So guys, what do you think of this? Arthas? Well, for the lower levels, level one to three, um, the only real buff is that now it procs an equal strength. So that is like a plus one ability type of buff. And uh, just a bit of a buff, you know, at, at level four, plus one strength. Five is really cool. Now it's uh, <laughs> another heroic soldier's power creep. Oh, poor heroic soldiers. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. So this is interesting because it's the opposite of the lasting remains buff, right? The lower mm. levels don't really see a strength increase, but this is encouraging higher levels players with the max collection to try to play around with this and experiment with this card yeah i'm not sure um if this would i mean it would definitely see a little more play now that it can defend much better than it normally could and it can trigger better than it normally could but because of its weird niche that it's not really up to you to decide what units are going to be moving forward and i know some people are thinking oh but like course it's up to you you can they can like uh you'll know which units are going to move forward after you attack problem is you don't choose the enemy strength that's going to be on the board you can't choose how much strength you're going to end up with you just work with what you have right and that's what what makes this card so hard to use and so hard to feel like you've gotten value for something as expensive as five mana so i don't know if it's going to like make the card common or anything but definitely helps its like state makes it much more healthy and more appealing for lower level people or especially higher level people (laughs) yeah Sabaiku, does it feel to you like the command effect, just in general, not specific to Petrified Fossils, but across all of the cards, does it feel to you like it's a mechanic that you would build around for like a mid-game continually commanding nonstop, or is it an end-game effect? 
personally, I only really use it as an endgame effect. I think part of that is because Harold Tim is so expensive mana-wise that you can't play other stuff with it. All you can do is move what's already on the board. So naturally, you want to do that to close the game out as opposed to just saying, oh, I just spent seven mana for a potion of growth and now my turn is over Mm -hmm. and then on the other side forgotten souls you use that to close out a game just because the body on forgotten souls is so weak it's such a tempo loss again you want to play it more in a rush style deck and having a weak tempo in the mid game does not help you out when you're playing a rush deck now i want to say that with the caveat that i have certainly played those cards in the mid game forgotten souls just as something to help move your front to maneuver around an obstacle uh to help base lock or to lock in your front you know it it does have some sort of niche use there but to the point that arthas made you're using it in a controlled manner that way you're moving specific units you're not moving everything on the board and risking losing your front you trade your petrified fossils into something that's too strength and it moves everything else you have into their baseline that's great you did a bunch of damage now you only have one unit that your opponent needs to clear and that's just not viable so arthas i've always thought of harold's hymn as sort of forgotten souls with pog already together right like forgotten souls pog is a is a great finisher you you pog something on the board you then push it into their baseline harold's hymn basically does that all in one card and it's give or take the same cost right Mm -hmm. petrified fossils to me feels like you played forgotten souls on on some units and then you pog the forgotten souls <laughs> I like I like that uh that that analogy. It, it's weird to fit this in the archetypes, especially the three main archetypes we uh define, and that's rush, mid range, control. Like Sabike already mentioned, this is uh not entirely appealing for rush because of the lack of like security on your um board positioning, being it's so important for rush. For control, I mean, sure, that's more strength, can clear better units, but then you're at that point, you're not really using it for the ability. And uh, commanding your units forward isn't really something control is looking for. If anything, control wants to push the enemy units backwards, not the other way around. For mid-range, I mean, I don't know, Swarm doesn't have very good mid-range except like maybe like Moonlit Airy. I guess Petrified Fossils would be very interesting with like Zutex. You know, right? But in way. theory, you've buffed everything <laughs> out of range of petrified fossils anyway. Yeah, oh, that's like, such that's, a good that's, point, right? You want to yeah. you want to play Bucks of Wasteland and get everything high strength, and then all of a sudden the fossils don't trigger because nothing's weaker than it. Like, yeah, that's so the it's whole really at least. hard to fit in the three main archetypes of this game. I got it, guys, 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 guys. So it's only usable for me. <laughs> the, but 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 here's where it's gonna so when i play summon militia it is guaranteed on my baseline i don't know what it is about my account i don't know if like i i opened my account on the wrong day but summon militia only ever goes on my baseline now we've talked about this in control decks that's terrible you want to be on your second row so for me petrified fossils will be useful as a way of just bumping my, <laughs> my summon militia forward a row so it does some. <laughs> the foundation of the problem starts with you playing swarm control. <laughs> All right, that's the that's very fair. Okay, guys. Well, 
Um, that's going to end the main portion of this episode, which means it's time for me to remind you to please follow us on Twitter at BroodSages. And you can always email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. Uh, before we head out, we just want to uh, make mention that there was uh, some feedback. Roman and FP said in Discord, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and your quality is very high considering you're just starting our own. Now, uh, Roman, I want to say, first off, thank you so much. Uh, uh, and we're going to use the excuse that we're just starting out for at least the first 50, possibly 100 episodes <laughs> yes, uh, sure. so that we can just kind of hide behind that and say, we're doing really good for people just starting out. Everyone knows the first three years of practice. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, we'll hit our stride sometime in 2025. Before then, just bear with us. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For Arthas and Sabaiku, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated.